Hi, I'm Abby McNally, and I've been saved for one year this last March. I just started reading the Bible a year ago, and it's made such a huge impact on my life. I absolutely just cannot stress how much it is life-changing to read the Bible every day. We talked about yesterday how um, it can literally take away depression if you read, I think, did you say just even four days a week? Yep, 40% people. Four days a week, and it cures depression. That's pretty incredible. So um, we started this podcast to just open the way for a live, interactive Bible study that everyone can be involved in. And so that everyone can get on and share their perspectives and get involved and share their favorite scriptures with us and ask the questions that they want to learn more about. Hi, I'm Terry Rothson and I'm here with Abby today. We're just going to be going over how awesome Jesus is and just kind of reading through the, the last part of uh, Genesis here and uh, get through Genesis and on to Exodus. So I just want to let Abby turn it over to her and we'll get going. All right, so yesterday we took off um, at... So there's a famine in Egypt. Um, they had seven years of, you know, very great harvest, and then they are having seven years of famine. And since God had revealed this to Joseph in the Pharaoh's dream beforehand, they were able to prepare during those seven years um, and, and get all that they could stored and stocked away. And so they're two years into the seven-year famine, and um, Joseph's family comes to him not knowing it's him for food and he ends up getting to reunite with his whole family and it's so beautiful and he asks them all to um to get everything and come live there in egypt with him and you know i talked about yesterday i noticed how eager the pharaoh was at this the pharaoh literally is like um it pleased pharaoh well and his servants and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beasts, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. So he literally wants all of Joseph's family so much that he gives them wagons, he gives them everything that they need, and he says, I will give you guys the best land. And I almost wonder if this isn't because he already is is kind of turning up this plan in his mind, you know, if, if he can get oh, for for all sure, yeah. of the Hebrew families here in Egypt, he's, you know, pouncing on this um, opportunity here. He's like, man, I'm going to be able to get all of this, you know, this Hebrew family, because I don't know how common it was for Egyptians to have, you know, 12 kids, but this is a huge family, and so... I just feel like it was pretty common, but they didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of livestock, a lot of uh, different things that, that these guys had. So they, that's why they wanted them, because they had uh, they had all, all the food yeah, and, they, uh -huh, and they had good workers. And, you know, there wasn't uh, everybody was worldly in, in, in uh, Egypt. And so these, they needed some actual people in there actually could do work and take care of the livestock and help feed them. So that's why you're bringing those people over there. So this is, you know, this is the beginning of their bondage. They're walking right into it. And it's sad because, you know, Joseph thinks he's doing a great thing here. He thinks he's saving his whole family. 
But that's always it's always you know if it's too good to be true. This is this is where it comes from because he's giving me hey, why don't you come here and we'll give you all this land and riches and and you don't have to do nothing. You'll just be royalty here. And, and I literally and, thought to myself, so everyone's going through a famine, but this family right here is being promised that they're not even gonna have to. So like they're giving them more than what they need, which is gonna cause more people to starve. Why would right. you do that? You know. Right. Right. Like you said, if it's too good to be true, I mean, and it ain't. There's an ulterior motive behind it somewhere, you know. For sure. So, and it's mm -hmm. gonna cause some people to have to starve to to overfeed this family. So, anyways, right. um, and Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, and their little ones, and their wives, and the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanah and Phalu and Hezron and Carmi, and the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohah, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanitish woman, and the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, and the sons of Judah, Ur, and Onan, and Shelah, and Perez, and Zara, but Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamuel. So I did want to ask, um, well, first of all, this is really cool because I just this morning got to the point in Luke where it lists all of Jesus's lineage, like all the way down to him. And mm -hmm. I love it because now I see exactly why I read that this morning. So I didn't know that Jesus came from Judah, the one who sold Joseph. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's why, that's why I've been. That's why. That's why it goes all full circle here. You know what I mean? But I it all know. comes out. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's led me to be reading this part in Luke that goes with this part in Genesis, it just blows my mind. Just people always ask God where he wants you to read because it's these little these little miraculous things happen. But um, so and then um, yeah, yeah. I just I think that's so cool, and I believe it was um. It was Judah's son, Ur. No, because Ur and Onan are the ones that died. That's right. And we said, I said, you, yeah. you knew by the names that it wasn't going to go well. Um, I think it was Perez. But um, anyways, that was just yeah. so neat. Yeah, I think, I think Joseph comes out of that line. Yeah. And then Mary, Mary comes out of the line of David. See, well, and, and Joseph comes out of David, too. It was, it was David's son, yeah, yeah. Nathan, which I was like, I don't even remember hearing of that son, so I don't know which wife of David's or concubine. 
But it was Nathan, and then it went down, and it was, uh, well, I've got it right here. I just read it. Yeah, and the, the whole lineage. That's why the B guys are so, so so important because it shows it shows from the beginning of time that Jesus was going to be the king that was yeah, God promised the land. It's just really neat to get to actually see it. So yeah, it was. Um, I knew I'd seen the son of Ur somewhere. So yeah, let's see. So from David, it was David's son Nathan. <laughs> And then Nathan's son, Matatha, Matatha's son, Minan, and it goes on down, but let's get up here to Judah. Because, of course, then there was Abraham and Abraham's son, Isaac. Where was that part at? This is in Luke chapter 3, if you want to get in and cross-reference it. Luke chapter 3. Verses um, 24 through, actually, verses 23 through 38. The whole end of chapter 3 is his lineage. Yeah. Um, I had never seen it before, so it was really neat. There we go. Okay. So. Then he said, Mama. Judah's son, Joseph, which. Honey, hold on. Just. What? Okay, well, anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely came from one yeah, of these lines. It was so. Judah's son Joseph, but as I'm reading here, I don't see Judah's son Joseph. It doesn't list him, so maybe it's a son that he has later. Anyways, um, I just thought that was really neat, and then it goes on down, and um, it's got Abraham and Isaac in there, and... And I didn't know, I thought, I thought that Mary was the one that came from David. No, no, both, both of them. That's, that's when the lineage came back together for the first time in, in, in the history since, since Abraham. It's when the lineage linked back together after 1,400 years of, of separation. The lineage finally merged back together. That's how Jesus was able to be born. Because, because the lineage, lineage of the two families all combined again yeah okay so we've got Erin Onion which died Sheila Ferez and Zara and then the sons of Issachar Tola and Fuba and Job and is that the Job I wondered that too when I read that no I, no, I think no, there was another Job, another Job later on okay. yeah okay. uh -huh. I'm sure there's a lot of jobs, but every time I yeah, say it, yeah. I'm like, is that the job? Okay. And Shimron. And the sons of Zebulun, Sered and Elon, and Jalil. These be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob and Padan Aram. With his daughter Dinah, all the souls of his sons and his daughters were 33. Wow. 33. <laughs> 33. 33. I didn't even think about that. We know that Leah had five sons, but I didn't know how many daughters she had. And then that's the same age that uh, Jesus died at. So.
And the sons of Gad, Zephion and Haggai, Shunai and Esbon, Eri and Oradi, and Areli. And the sons of Asher, Jimnah and Eshua and Esui and Bariah and Sarah, their sister. And the sons of Bariah, Heber and Malkiel. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah, his sister. And these she bare unto Jacob, even 16 souls. So Zilpah had 16 kids. These son, the sons of Rachel, Joseph's, Jacob's wife, Joseph and Benjamin. And unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Asenoth, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And the sons of Benjamin were Bela and Becher and Ashbel, Gera and Naaman, Ehi, or Naaman, Ehi and Rosh, Mupim and Hupim and Ard. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were fourteen. And the sons of Dan, Hushim, and the sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, and Guni, and Jezer, and Shelem. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel his daughter, and she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. So sixty-six. Sixty-six people. And the sons of Joseph, of course the Pharaoh was excited about this. Right, sixty-six sons. And the souls and the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were three score and ten. Forty. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his faith. And the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel his father to Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Man, can you imagine that, um, that meeting of him and his father? They haven't seen each other in 17 years and he thought he was gone, dead. And Israel's... Yeah, I just can't even imagine thinking your child's dead and then getting to see him again. How incredible. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. 
And Joseph said unto his brethren and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle. And they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, What is your occupation that ye shall say? Thy servants trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now. Both we and also our fathers that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. And behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come. For thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto... That's why he's talking about to go to Canaan, because, you know, this all this is happening because he went there. Yeah, exactly, you know, because they, he went they, to they Canaan. Gotta go, they've got to go to Egypt now, they've got to do all of this stuff, because he didn't listen to his father. Yeah, if he would have not went to Canaan, they would have never had to go to Egypt. And now they're yeah. at the mercy of the Pharaoh. I mean, you got to think about this. Abraham was like as high up as it could go. He had so much. They could have prospered forever. And, you know, I would imagine Esau did just fine. He went over to the other mountain side of Seir, and you never hear of him again. So he must have done fine and great. But Jacob didn't listen, and he went back to Canaan, the land he was not supposed to go to. And here they are begging the Pharaoh for help right now, or they're going to die. No. They had more. They had so much that the land couldn't even hold it. And that's why he went to Canaan, because where he was at, it couldn't even contain all that they had. And now they got nothing. And now they have nothing because this famine. So it just goes to show that no matter how good you can be doing in life, if you know one small error can completely... Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't obey God, you know what I mean? You're going to go down somewhere where you uh, have a hard time getting out of it. It may take generations for your... To get get out of it, you know. And it doesn't it take two hundred years. Two hundred years, generations. Yep, five generations. And Joseph brought in Jacob his father. Or, hold on. And Pharaoh spoke unto Joseph, saying, "Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee, and the best of the land make thy father and brethren to dwell." In the land of Goshen, let them dwell. And if thou knowest any man of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. And Joseph brought in Jacob his father and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. And have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. 
And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren in all his father's household with bread according to their families. And, was, and if, you know, if you know anything about Egyptian history, Ramses was the... He was the number one emperor of all time in Egypt, so he 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 gets the status they from. They named um, a section of Egypt Ramses after him, the land of. Yeah, Ramses. yeah, yeah, exactly. So he he gets all of this, but he brings these people here to to, to do the bidding and work for him. So Ramses Ramses the first is coming in, and that's how he gains all of his notoriety and popularity is because he took the blessed people and, and was using their resources to build up his empire yeah oh yeah it says right in the land of ramses <laughs> yeah yep yep so he's got his got his own like giant empire and all that kind of stuff going on and he actually uh is the great grandpa because moses's of, brother's name is ramses too it's ramses the whatever during but the third, not his yeah. brother, but the one he's raised with, the Pharaoh's yeah, son, yeah, yeah. and that's uh, the uh, one that dies, right? The firstborn son right. that's taken. Yeah. Yeah. Ram was... Ramses, the, Ramses the third is killed. Ramses the uh, Ramses the second is uh, killed in the flood or killed in the Red Sea when when, when he Jesus goes after Moses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So and then the third was the one that was killed. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. Okay, and then a line above that it just says, And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread, according to their families. So no one had bread, but, and this is what I was just talking about. No one had bread or anything like that, but yet they are giving them bread, and they're giving them everything that they barely have, because they're treating this family like royalty and it just goes to show that like you know in times of famine even back then they still weren't getting the point if everyone would have just not done that no one would have went without if everyone would have just had the same amount that would be enough to survive on instead of giving some people plentiful and more than they needed and excess it would have well, then that's what's wrong with our society today. Basically, the same thing, you know. Yeah, everybody's we still taking haven't learned and, this. We still have not learned mm -hmm. this. People still feel yeah. like they are worthy of more. Yeah, but I deserve more than they do. Right, right. I worked harder. I did, did more. I, I, I have, have more money, family. so yeah. I've earned the right to have more. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought. And Joseph yeah. bought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when the... And when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came into Joseph. And said, Give us bread. For why should we die in thy presence? For the money faileth. Yeah, like basically, what's your money worth, you know? Why should we die for your money? Yeah, and I mean, so we know that it's gotten bad enough now that money doesn't mean anything. So that's that's when times are really bad. If it's if money doesn't even do anything, then it's like there's just not even enough food. 
Right, it doesn't even matter if you got money or not, you still can't eat. And Joseph said, give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if money fail. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses, and for the flocks, and for the cattle of the herds, and for the asses. And he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. When that year was ended, they came unto him the second year, and said unto him, We will not hide it from my Lord, how that our money is spent. My Lord also hath our herds of cattle. There is not aught left in the sight of my Lord with our bodies and our hands. Wherefore shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh, and give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them, so the land became Pharaoh's. So this is, this is literally it. I mean, the Pharaoh has taken complete advantage of the situation. Of course he is. He's a, he's a ruler. That's what they do. Yeah. You know, they're so, going to take advantage of you. As soon as they see you're weak, they're going to, they're going to take all your land. They're going to, and, that, and it's what a totalitarian um, government does. You know, it, it'll, it'll seize all your land in a time of desperation, and then you're basically stuck. And you'll see that in uh, the China. You'll see that in communist Russia. You'll see that in in other places that the that these things happen over time. And um, even in our history, you know, this is basically why why the Egyptians get freed is because of this altarian rule where these people steal all their land, steal all their things, and you become a slave. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know, you got those. Those are things that we're learning now that and that we're going to, to go through here real soon. Well, that's why it's um, important to read this because, like, you need to understand. You know, they always told us in school we learn history so it doesn't repeat itself. Okay, well, let's read over this and just pay really close attention here. We know that. Well, yeah, they, you got your fake made up history that they made up, and they, they don't want that to repeat because it never happened. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But this but real right history. here really happened, and and we can see. That I mean, it's it's not something that this definitely I can foresee. It's already started. You know, look at look at the prices of food, and look at the poverty that we have already. It's just beginning. I know. Well, people, as soon as, as, soon as the bank collapse, then then all the houses become because they're owned by the banks. Then they become property of the government. And then and the government exactly seizes your home. Right here. That's what happened right here. Yeah, same thing. This is and the same thing. So the land became Pharaoh's because the famine prevailed over them. Yeah. So, so now, now that now that we don't have all this food and our banks are going to fail. Here that money failed. So the money right. has collapsed. There is no money, and um, so basically everything just went to the Pharaoh. Is what has happened here. And this, this happens multiple times, even in the Bible, and multiple times through history. So this is a lesson that we we must learn in order to understand what God's trying to tell us. Like He's going to fix all of this for us one day, mm -hmm. but it's going to take a long time. Each time it gets shorter and shorter because we we learn we do learn our lesson a little bit at a time throughout our history. Yeah. So we can we actually be able to see this stuff happening to us, and and then. 
we, we don't allow it to go all the way where we're completely stuck in bondage. Right. But it's just enough to to still be in bondage. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's to why we got to break the chain. You're in bondage, but you're in bondage. You're, you're in bondage, yeah. You know, you're in a prison, but you don't even realize it's prison yeah, because that, it looks like a city. That's the scariest and saddest part about the state of the world as we know it right now is mm-hmm. that it's gotten into a state to where it's a deceitfully crafted, you're not aware that you're in bondage, but you are. Right. On the appearance, it looks like everything's great, but really, if you really evaluate your day-to-day life... Oh. What, do you go to work every day? Do you work seven days a week? Do you do these things? Well, if you do, then you're in bondage. Do you, have you know what I mean? Do like, you like, as you please every day? Really, though? Yeah. Do you really? Or do you have a time clock that you're a slave to? Yeah, do you work in a routine every day because you have to because that's the only way you can maintain and stay alive. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at. And that's that, that bondage. Yep. I mean, that's, the, that's the definition of it. That's so I didn't even make that up. That's really the definition of it. So... You know, it, uh, it's exactly where we're at in this day and age. We're back into bondage, and, and nobody even knows it. No, they have no idea. <laughs> they're standing around thinking they're free, and, and and they're not. You know what I mean? Free to do what? Well, free celebrate. to pay taxes? They celebrate free to, the free freedom to... that we have, but, you know, it's not there. It's it's fault. It's not real. It's not well, it all belongs to the government. It all belongs to the banks. You don't own anything. You get a certificate of title. You get a certificate of home. You get a certificate of birth. You don't even own your child. You get a certificate of her birth. You don't own that child. It's a certificate that somebody else owns the property. All you are is a certificate holder. You're not the owner of that. It's like my house. I don't own my house. The bank owns the house. My car. Bank owns my car. They can come in any time and take that from me if they choose. Yeah. You know, and they can do that with your child too. They can come take your kid. If they say, hey, Abby, you're not doing the right things for your kid. You're not educating her right. What are they going to do? They're going to take your kids because you know why? Because you don't even own your own kid. That's why it's called pair rent. You know what I mean? For rent, you're renting your kid off of a system, a government. Yeah. So that's why that's why you're called a parent because you're for the kid is for rent to you. You're taking care of it so the government can profit off of it one day. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's all based in the language that we even speak. Like our language is, is set up for us to be in bondage because we think we, those are our kids. But when we have a certificate of birth. And we're the parent, then how is that our kid? If we're renting this kid and we don't actually have the property of this child, you just want us to take care of this child unless we don't follow your guidelines and then you, you'll take care of it. Because you need to grow up in a certain manner, a certain way. Mommy, I need to go In order to be able to do this again and repeat this bondage over and over again. You know, because when Emma has babies, they're going to do that same thing. They're going to take it and they're going to have you sign the birth certificate. And at that time, you no longer have that child. You sold that child and given it to the system. Yeah. Right. And then you get a certificate of birth while the actual birth title goes to the government. Yeah. So the government owns your child. So how are you not in bondage when the government even owns your child? It owns the house you're in. It forces you to work in order to pay for these things that it owns. sad and it's true and I hadn't thought about that but yeah I mean it's it's 100% true we know that by based off the fact that they do come and I mean you know we expect them to come take someone's child when they are doing a bad they're putting but how the hell they have permission like to do that because they own the child if that child's being put in harm you know what I mean because nowadays I know a lot of people that you know I don't know it's just 
the way that they raised children in the 50s isn't even acceptable now. And, and it, it, the standard changes all the time. So, like, who determines mm-hmm. but who, 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 who changes that standard? The government. Not you, not the parent, not the Bible, the government. So who is in control? Who owns your kid? The government. Who owns you? The government. Yeah. So are you, a, are you a slave? You work 70 hours a week? Does the government own your house? Does the government own your car? Does the government own everything that you have? Yes. So you're, you're no different than the Egyptian. Yeah. You know, because they, they didn't have their own land. They, didn't, they weren't able to provide their own food. They had to go to work for the government to get food for themselves. And that's all we do anymore. We, we make just enough to pay the government for our, pay the government for our car, to pay the government for our kids, and to provide food so we can live and, and from the government. Where does that food come from? From the government. From the government. That's why it happens. Yeah. It's poisoned. Yeah, exactly. Because, right, they, they don't have any, they don't care. As long as you're, as long as you're providing what they need in order to grow, grow their profits, then you mean nothing to them. You're nothing but a number, literally. That's why there's a certain amount of plastic that's allowed in food now. That um, just passed not too long ago. They can actually put like so much plastic in your food. Yeah, they can put so much arsenic in your food. They can put so much lead in your food. They can put this much amount of that. And don't, don't think that they don't. So the standards are for a reason. I think they do yeah. for a fact. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. People that have worked at factories that produce food, this is a fact. (laughs) You have no idea what's in the food you're eating. Nope. And and it's all GMO'd. Every every bit of food we have is GMO'd now. So you can't can't even, uh, you know, you can't even really grow your own food without a GM with with new seed because they made them all, they made them all GMO'd so they don't reproduce. So you can't even grow your own garden and get your own seeds anymore because they don't allow you the authority to do that. The government doesn't allow you the authority to be able to grow your own garden because now all seeds have to be GMO'd, which means they can't be reproduced. So, you know, so they, they've got you in a spot where basically you're, you're completely locked up. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. And that's why God's stepping in. Yeah. So they, they got us in a position where we're back in a corner and there's nothing we can do because they own us. They own our property. They own our houses. They own our car. They force us to work in order to pay for the stuff that they own. They, they own it, but I have to work to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? And then they take taxes out of that money in order for me to pay for everybody else's stuff that doesn't is not able to work so, that, so they don't have to pay for anything. Yeah, exactly. I know, but you know you're not. You get, you, get to own, you get to own everything, but you don't have to pay for anything. That's yeah. a pretty damn good system, I think. Yeah, exactly. For somebody. I'm going to finish one more line and then I'm going to probably end it early today because. Yeah, yeah, I got to get going. Anyway. I gotta, so okay. he's ready and for me to get people, back. He removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other thereof. Only the land of the priests bought he not. For the priests had a portion assigned them of the Pharaoh and did eat their portion, which Pharaoh gave them. Wherefore, they sold not their lands. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own, for the seed of the field, and for your food, and for them of your households, and for food for your little ones. So that is exactly what you just talked about. This is when taxes came in, and this is when they... Yeah, yeah, so this, is, this is the first thing. Back then, you used to get... 
You used to get four parts and you only give them one. Now we give them four parts and we only get one. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, for uh -huh. sure. Look at taxes now. That's what I'm saying. You pay, you pay uh, property tax, you pay sales tax, you pay income tax, you pay state tax, you pay federal tax, you pay social security tax, you pay Medicare tax, you pay driving tax, you pay gas tax, you pay all these taxes to them for yeah. everything that you do. Even though you only get a fourth of your income, you still have to pay all these taxes out of that money after you get the money. Yeah, so I mean, they've definitely just taken and and what started here, they have just completely exaggerated it. But it's so interesting to see here where it started and where it all began. And this right here, you know, I don't know. I, I know Joseph had no bad intentions with this. He was just trying to create a system that would work. But And I'm sure yeah, yeah, the Pharaoh's heavy influence on this. But... And yeah, but basically, the pharaoh, the pharaoh was the one that told him that this is how you're going to do things. Because now you're in our land. You don't even own this land. So in order for you to make this work, we're going to do it this way. Yeah. Whatever you need, pharaoh. You know, he's compromising. He's not, not obeying God. He doesn't trust in God. He's doing what, what he thinks is right. Yeah. Well, we we will finish Genesis hopefully tomorrow. I thought we'd finish it today. We got really close. Um, so we'll tomorrow, we'll be though. wrapping up Genesis and heading into Exodus. But um, definitely food for thought today to just really think about where this all began and where we're at now and how we can see we've come full circle right back to full circle. what yep. they started yep. all this time ago. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. All right, everybody have a great day. We'll have see you tomorrow. Have a nice day. We'll see you tomorrow.